Welcome to a single serving podcast. I'm your host, Shani Silver. I started this podcast because whenever I saw content for single women, it was about dating, how to date better, how to survive dating. And I know that we deserve more than that. So I created this podcast to change the way being single is seen, discussed, and felt. And I'm so happy to have you here with me. I hope you'll also consider joining the Facebook group for this podcast. It's become a really supportive community full of people sharing stories and encouraging one another and actually meeting up in real life too. There are three main ways that you can support this podcast. The first is simply share it, share it with someone who needs to hear it, share it with your family, share it with your friends, anybody who could use a change in perspective when it comes to being single. The second way is you can rate and review this podcast on iTunes. It takes two seconds and it's a huge deal that really helps podcasters, um, get more visibility and continue to do their work. And then the third way is you can become a patron of mine on Patreon. Patreon is a platform that helps independent creators earn money for creating the work that people enjoy. So there are multiple tiers that you can join, but my favorite one is a $5 tier that comes with an extra bonus episode of this podcast every single month. So there will be a link to it below. Check it out. And in the meantime, thank you so much for joining me. Hello, podcast audience. How are you? I have such a fun episode for you today, which probably sounds a little bit self-congratulatory, but I don't care. Um, I'm joined today by Nicole Thurman, an actress and writer who I have been following throughout the pandemic, who has been making me laugh with such a seemingly effortless humor to her. She's so funny and so real. And it just sort of feels like you're following along with a friend. And as a creator myself, I am very, I'm always very grateful and excited when I get to talk to other creatives that are doing things that I admire and that inspire me. So this is a really fun episode for me to share with you. I had a wonderful time talking to Nicole and um, I hope I get to talk to her again in the future because this was super fun. And you all know that podcasting is how I make friends. So before I get into the episode, I did want to read to you a couple of reviews that have come in through the podcast and uh, just express my gratitude for them because they are so sweet. The first one comes from the UK and it says, this podcast makes me feel peaceful. I like Shaney's positive perspective and her efforts to bring people of all sorts of backgrounds onto the show. As a former New Yorker, I enjoy any mentions of the city on the podcast. It really makes me feel like I'm listening to a friend having awesome conversations with people I want to be friends with. Shaney also has a super calming voice. I don't, but that's so sweet. When I listen to this podcast on a run, it just melts the stress away. That's the nicest thing. Isn't that so sweet? Um, thank you to the listener who left this review. I really appreciate your kind words. It's, um, it's, it's weird to like say out loud, it helps to have praise for doing this work. Um, it's like a little bit embarrassing and vulnerable, but fuck it. So are we, um, it's really helpful to hear, uh, the sweet things that you guys say about the podcast, um, because this is a lot of work and it makes me feel like I'm doing a good job. So thank you. One more to read for you. This came in from the US and I want to read it because I need to shout out a former guest uh, when I read this to you. So this one says, it only took one episode, a shouty woman to completely upset the apple cart. How the heck have I spent so much of my life thinking something is wrong with single people? I knew it was wrong, but I couldn't stop jumping the same hurdles over and over again. Shaney has all the power of reframing. It's her superpower. Listen embrace yourself, embrace your single friends and learn to appreciate single living in a way that's rewarding. Spread your new joy. 
I mean, I would get spread your new joy on a coffee mug if I could. I mean, I can, I have Etsy, so maybe I will. But uh, so this, the episode that is referenced in this review, A Shouty Woman, my guest in that episode is Salma Elwardani, who if you are not following her on Instagram, you absolutely need to. She is a poet, a feminist, an absolute powerhouse of a human being uh, that I find very, very inspiring. And, And there's a lot of a lot of leadership to Salma as well. So I suggest following her and I suggest listening to the episode of this podcast called A Shouty Woman to get a feel for her and her work and her talents. She's amazing. She's just great. Um, So I really like that this person called out that episode. I love it anytime anybody calls out any past episodes of the podcast, because I don't know what order you listen to this in. I don't know if you're like a weekly listener, or if you're new and you're catching up, or if you're bouncing around to whatever episode you want. Listen to this podcast any way you want to, but uh, there's some really good stuff in the, are they archives at this point? I don't know. Anyway, um, thank you to everyone who has left ratings and reviews for the podcast. These sweet, sweet words are more appreciated than you know. So before I start the episode, I would like to say hello and a massive thank you to all of my Patreon patrons who are listening right now. Uh, Thank you guys so much for supporting this work and for being a part of this community. You are the best. And if you would like to become a patron, there is a link to do so in the show notes below. There are three different tiers to my Patreon. The first one is a $3 a month tier, uh, which is basically just a lovely little way that you can say thank you to me for creating this podcast. The second tier is a $5 a month tier, and that comes with a bonus solo episode. So if you liked last week's solo episode, there are so many more of them on Patreon. My Patreon has existed for, gosh, 13 months now. So there are 13, almost 14 solo episodes waiting for you on Patreon. And as soon as you join, you get access to all of them. So that's the $5 a month tier. And then there is a $15 a month tier that comes with all the bonus solo episodes, but also a monthly group Zoom where we reframe in real time. It's me and everybody on that tier in a group Zoom together, chatting about everything that you guys want to talk about, walking through some reframing around singlehood. I pick a couple different topics or themes every month and I send out an agenda. We just have a good time. We shoot the shit and we reframe nonsense narratives that don't, that we don't deserve to sort of live locked inside. So there's a lot of like clearing and freeing and, you know, choosing to think about things in a different way that happen in the group Zooms. I've been having a fantastic time doing them. I certainly hope everyone in attendance feels the same. Um, But uh, there's a link below if you would like to become a patron of mine. And thank you to all of those who have chosen to do so. It is a very, very big deal that you support the work of the creators uh, whose content you consume. So thank you so much. I will stop talking and start the episode with Nicole because it's so fun and I really think you're going to enjoy it. I hope everyone is doing well. Um, I think of you so often and I am so grateful for this audience. You guys are the best. So podcast listeners, it is always a treat for me to be able to speak with creators and creatives that I admire. And um, between Heather McMahon, Yamanika, and Nicole Thurman, who is my guest today, I have kept it together and been laughing throughout this quarantine. So thank you, Nicole, for joining me on my podcast. This is really a joy for me. Oh my God. Thank you for having me. And thank you for the kind words. Thank you. (laughs) If you don't follow Nicole on Instagram, press pause now. We'll wait. You go follow her and then you come back and you'll listen to the conversation and have a good time. That's right. (laughs) Tell everybody a little bit 
I, I need to figure out a new way to phrase this question because I started I started the podcast the same way every time because a prior guest, Salma Elwardani, gave me some advice about the question, where are you from? And that question isn't always an easy one to answer for many people. So I changed right. it to, what do you want the audience to know about you as we begin our chat together? So you are speaking to an audience of mostly single people, some in couples. Hi, you're allowed. Um, so what would you like them to know about you as we begin our chat? Um, well, I am single. <laughs> uh, I'm single most of the time. Uh, I am a, like a, an actor. I'm not like, I am an actress. I'm a comedian. I'm a writer. Um, I work primarily in comedy. Um, I enjoy social media and observing people. And uh, I used to like going to movies back when that was a thing. <laughs> I play music. Uh, and I'm originally, if you're wanting to know like where I'm from geographically, I'm originally from uh, Kansas, actually. And so I lived in Kansas for a long time, Chicago, New York, now LA. So now I'm in LA. That's I me. love those of us who have lived all over the country. I like, I like, the variety involved. And I'm always so baffled by my Texan friends and family who have never left. I'm like, you know, yeah. that there are other places Yeah, you can go yeah. somewhere else if you want to. It's yeah. Really I feel like I feel lucky that it's like my job and the way I work kind of like has made me move around, but I'm so lucky for that because I really would not want to live my life in one place. I love that I've gotten to experience both coasts, the Midwest, cities in the Midwest and just suburbs in the Midwest. So yeah, it's really nice to be able to move around. Absolutely. I think it's necessary to get different perspectives and meet different groups of people and know like that the vibe can be different in different places. Yeah. Um, you and I were talking about this weekend, which for those of you listening, we are recording this on November the 9th, which is the second day of Sanity Restored. And I was very interested to see the variety of celebrations that happened this weekend. I am selfish and I think that New York had the best ones, but I'm wrong. 100%. I feel like this person, first of all, this time in New York in general, I'm, I always get so bummed that I don't live there because fall is so magical in New York. And then to be able to see like people screaming and the celebrating on the streets and just how incredibly festive and beautiful it looked like I was so jealous because LA I think people were celebrating and I saw a bunch of celebrations but I really wasn't feeling that energy on the streets the way you would in New York I was jealous we were outside mm. we were all outside no mm. one was in their apartment it was you couldn't stay in even in a pandemic it felt weird to see just people literally dancing in the streets and not join them yeah. Like how often yeah. in your life do you celebrate with strangers? It yeah. was, God, it was wonderful. The best yeah. part though, the best part was anytime a United States postal service truck would roll by, they were going apeshit in the truck and everyone on the street was like screaming for them. Like they were the Beatles. It was amazing. It was so such great. An incredible. It's such an incredible victory. Such a, and it's like voting by mail should be how it's always been done. You see how many people came out and voted and what a difference it made because it was so accessible. And it was just everything about it has been truly incredible. And I feel like we're so I, there's 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 no feeling like this particular victory. It's, it's really huge. I completely agree. Yeah. And you know, what's funny. I don't know if you listen to any podcasts that are not based in the U.S., but I have a few because I uh, wish I was British sometimes. And oh, 100 percent. Right. Same. <laughs> <laughs> They are baffled by our yeah. voting system and our election systems and our electoral college. They are absolutely baffled by it. And I'm like, honey, me too. Yeah. 
100%. I work with a British guy and he's just like, I don't understand how this works. The numbers, they don't make sense. It's like, no, it doesn't make sense. It, what, 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 what will never make sense is how you can see someone clearly beating someone else by millions of votes. And then you're like, I hope they get 270 from these random states that we've designated to be the people that decide. You know, it's crazy. It's great. like four dudes in Wyoming pick four the president. People. No offense if you live in Wyoming, by hey, the way. I know that there are actual you. people that live there. It's gorgeous there. I'm sure you guys are great. I've never been to Wyoming, but I'm sure you're fabulous. It's, but yeah, it's just, you, you, we should all get to pick the president, not just you. Correct. <laughs> Correct. Correct. <laughs> They're also baffled by our lines. They're like, I've never waited in a line to vote in my entire life. I'm like, well, there's a lot of us. That's also something that has come up listening to foreign podcasts is they're like, the US is way too big to all speak the same language. Like yeah. we are huge. Yeah. And there's oh, yeah. this uh, like uh homogeneity, homogeneity. I don't yeah. homogeneousness. Homogeneous. There we go. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's like blanketed Absolutely. over us for no reason. It's weird. I know. That really that's always bothered me, especially because like my nephew, he just started in school where he's learning to speak French and English at the same time. And I'm just like so jealous. I'm like, I wish I could go to school and learn. We should all have done that. It's incredible that we walk around and it's so cocky and weird that we walk around ex- just expecting everyone to speak the same language as us, no matter where we go. <laughs> I agree. It's crazy. Oh my God. My, I think one of the best things my mother ever did for me was I started learning Hebrew at five. I was in Uh Sunday school at our synagogue. And Uh so I learned my second language as a very young child, lost it all because you stop practicing and you forget. And like now if there's like a little bit of Hebrew in a television show, I get so excited because I turn the subtitles off and I try to like, see if I can get it. I can only do that if a child is speaking. Oh, really? (laughs) If it's a grown up, I'm lost. But if it's like- Oh God, it's like, it's too much. Anyway. Yeah. Sorry. Um, I think someone is like lawn blowing or something outside. So if you hear that, that's what that is. No worries. <laughs> They're used okay. to hearing the uh, dulcet tones of Brooklyn from, okay. from my apartment. Uh, okay. We have dreams of being in a studio one day, but uh, even if there wasn't COVID, we wouldn't be. <laughs> so, right. Okay. That's fair. <laughs> not there yet, but you got to have goals. You got to have goals. That's right. Yeah. Um, so tell me, tell me a little bit more about what you do because um, I know you from Shrill. Yeah. Wherein you had one of my favorite lines that has ever been spoken on television. Yeah. Um, yeah. Tell everybody. So how did you come to like follow this career path? I like hearing people's stories, especially single women's stories of career paths, because I think a lot of us yeah. go through evolutions and changes. And I like yeah. the, uh, I like the endless possibility of our career paths. Oh, 100%. And I, I love for me personally, also during this pandemic, the pivoting that's been going around and the like shuffling and hustling that you have to figure out and navigate while you're in it to be able to continue to survive. <laughs> I, every day, almost every day, I'm like, I can't believe that I haven't had to move yet. Like, I can't believe <laughs> I made it work, you know, because I am single. I live alone. And it's like to be able to continue to do that during a global pandemic is no small feat. And I am grateful Um, But yeah, it's been like an interesting path because I started as um, an actress, like where I went to theater school. I graduated with a degree in theater. I wanted to be an actress. I went to Chicago to do an internship. And I like, I went to Steppenwolf and Second City. I interviewed there for internships. And Steppenwolf is like a very serious, big regional theater, you know, if people don't know. Um, uh, Like, who are the people? (laughs) Gary, uh, Gary Sinise and Terry Kinney and all of those guys, they formed it. And so um, 
I interviewed there and Second City, which is a comedy theater, improv, sketch comedy. Um, and I ended up going with an internship at Steppenwolf because it was just like a more fully formed internship. But then Second City was kind of like, hey, if you ever want to take a class here, like we can give you a free class if you work for us for like a few hours a week. And I was like, well, of course I'll do that. So I took a class. And then um, they were like, you know, after the class, they were like, we don't know if you ever have any interest in auditioning for something like this. But if you do, you know, please, you know, give us your headshot and resume and you can audition. And I was like, well, yeah, I'll, I'll audition for anything. <laughs> so I auditioned for them and then I ended up in a doing a show with them. And that was like how I got into comedy because I had never thought about working in comedy before. It was just for some reason it was like for me, you major in theater, you do straight like drama you know, and TV, everything's drama for me for some reason that was in my so mind. so surprising to me because you have such a natural humor to you, at least on yeah. Instagram, from what I know of you, we met 15 minutes ago, but from yeah. what I see from your Instagram, there's just such a, like a natural humor that glows from you. That's surprising you. to me. Thank you. Well, I think that's, what's so crazy about it was it was like, as soon as I started working at second city, it was like, Oh, this is the fit. It's one of the, it's always that thing of like, you can try to you know, fight everything and try to make, Oh, I want to be this though. I want to be that. But it's like your, your body and your brain and your face is going to be what it's going to be. <laughs> and 100%. I was just, it was like a perfect fit for me because I play music. I have obviously an expressive crazy face and I'm naturally fairly funny. And so I, it was just a fit. And so as soon as I started doing, as soon as I did one show for them, I pretty much, that was the almost the only theater I worked for in Chicago for the most part when I was there. Um, and I just did shows with them. And then I've just been in comedy ever since. And so I was mainly an actor. Um, I learned to improvise through working at Second City. So I considered myself an actress improviser. Um, and then I was like a semi, semi writer, but not really. Like I never would admit to being a writer ever. Um, but I, so I've been acting here and I did a show, like I lived in New York for a little bit and did a show. And then I came back here and was kind of like auditioning and doing acting jobs here and there. And like Shrill was a part of that. Other shows, I'd have these like smallish parts on there. Um, but then I, uh, I don't know, like, I think I just some, I'm trying to think like it was, it was all very recent. Like I was, so the pandemic hit and I was like, Oh God, what do I do? Like I was doing a voiceover job, thank God. So I still had that job. Um, and so like I do voiceover as well, but then I like was, I forget even how, I think it's because of Twitter because Twitter is just, just like the weird, this social media in general is this weird avenue that once you realize how much freaking power you have through using social media, you can do anything. If you figure out how to, if you figure out who you are on social media. And I feel like last year, because of like unemployment, boredom, just like having a lot of time on my hands, I started to make videos and I started to be on online more. And so that led to just like my online presence getting bigger and bigger, which has led to opportunities like during this pandemic, um, people have been asking me to write for TV. And I was like, oh, okay. And so now that's been for while the, the past like for five months, five, six months, I've been writing for TV. And so I'm doing like, I wrote for the Emmys, which was very cool. And I wrote for um, a show on HBO. And now I'm writing for um, this show that's going to be on AMC. That's like a sketch comedy show. And so it's just like my path has kind of like morphed into writing. I still consider myself mainly an actor and I'm still like very focused on that. But like, 
in the interim, I've also become a writer. And that's very cool too. <laughs> because writing think, will you know, find you. I've I learned think, that writing will find you. I became yeah. a lawyer by accident. I am a writer. Like really? that is just yeah. what I am. I became a lawyer because I was like, oh, I need to make my family super proud of me and make a lot yeah. of money. And one of those things happened. And then I was like, I actually hate this because I happen to be a writer instead. And now yeah. a podcaster. It'll find you. Writing will always find you. It's so interesting because I do think, yeah, I feel like it was, it's one of those things where it's like, I remember when I was younger, always people have been like, the way you write is just like the way you talk. It sounds just, I could hear your voice when you're writing. And I was like, ah, you know, like whatever. Um, but it, it's always been like that. So it's like, because I have a sense of humor, I, I apparently know how to also write for comedy. And I mean, I'm learning every day. Like I'm not perfect at it. I'm definitely, you know, I have to have someone help like edit and tell me how to structure a script. Like I have, I need help, but like, yeah, writing has definitely found me because of social media and because Twitter, because people look at my Twitter page and they're like, oh, she's a writer. And it's like, nah, she just, she just write tweets, but it works, you know, like, but somehow it translates to writing for TV. So yeah, it's been very cool. It has definitely found me. It was, it was surprising to me. I got on my third writing job in a row and I'm like, Wait, what? Like, how did this happen? I love it, but how? <laughs> it's natural funny. I'm telling you, I feel similarly about Quinta. There is a yeah. natural funny that comes out on Twitter and on social media. It's And it's not you shining something on. It's who you are and it's how you have fun online. And when you're having that authentic fun online and, and being your authentic self online, yeah. it shows. It yeah. really shows. And it shows like, like... It's not, it's not about creating things that you think an audience would like. It's about creating right. things that are you, that you like, that are authentic to you. And yeah. that's what provides lift. Yeah. It's, it's kind of absolutely to see. It's true. And it's like the most, the most success I've ever had on Twitter is truly just when I will be like, ha ha. And then I like kind of shit out a tweet and, and it goes viral. And I'm like, oh, okay. Cause it's like, you're, when you're not thinking about it, you're just truly being yourself. Like you said, your authentic self. You're not trying to be funny. I mean, it's the same thing when you're on camera. The worst, you know, I've ever looked, I think, when I'm on camera is when I'm stressed out and trying to be funny and working really hard at it. And then the audience will sometimes even call that out. Like, she looks like she's trying to be funny. And it's like, well, you're right. I was depressed and trying to be funny. Um, but, you know, it is true. It's like, it's like when you're just really being yourself and you, I, cause that, cause that's what I was, I remember when I was like at Second City, I was always so annoyed by them. Like they were always asking like, what's your POV? What's your brand or whatever, you know? And I'm like, shut up. Like, that's such a stupid thing. But it is true that like, once you, once you tap into what you find is fun, what you find funny, what you enjoy talking about, what you like to call out in culture, you know, whatever it is, then people respond to that because they see that it's coming from your authentic real self. And that's what I tell my, like, cause a lot of people will be like, people will ask me about social media. And I was like, yo, it really truly is just like whatever you are enjoying or whatever you think about. If you talk about that, people respond to it. I had a book agent one time. She definitely didn't want to represent me and mm -hmm. ended up not representing me, but uh -huh. she, I was in her office and she looked at me and she was like, who are you in the most yeah. accusatory tone? And I've yeah. never forgotten that because it was like, it, it was the rudest question because she was asking me to package myself into something that would be desirable to an audience yeah, and therefore implying that I needed to change. Yeah. Yeah. And I was very yeah. upset by that question. And I have an agent now who has never asked me that question. And that's why I like her so much. Hi, Kate. Hi, Kate. <laughs> when you, it's like when you, um, 
uh, when, whenever you see acceptance speeches from people that I admire personally or whatever, they're always like, I went to all these offices and everybody wanted me to be this or that. And everybody wanted to package me in this way, like you're saying. And then the reason they're standing at the fucking Emmys accepting their award is because they wrote Fleabag because they decided like, <laughs> fuck everybody else. I'm going to write this for myself. I'm going to write this to my perspective, my unique personality and perspective and the way I look and the way I do everything. And that's why they're standing on the stage. Mindy Kaling, you know, Phoebe Waller, whatever. I can't, Waller Bridge, I can't think of her name off the top of my head, but yeah. It's like, okay, good. They, yeah, it's always that. It's always that. And that's how it is for me too. It's like, I feel like I spent so many years, like kind of trying to like fit in or trying to like go along with whatever, you know, part I was auditioning for, or like, you know, just squeeze into some box, but it's like the, when I started being more successful or having people recognize me for me and what I think is funny is when I started making my own videos and when I started tweeting my own damn thoughts and just started just like letting go and not worrying about also not worrying about what other people thought of it. Because I think a lot of people in comedy are super freaking judgy too. And they can be really like, oh, oh, you're, you know, you're making another joke about, you know, your sock drawer. And it's like, let me make a, if I want to make a joke about my fucking sock drawer, let me make it. If I want to post a picture looking really hot and say, I look really hot, let me just do it. Because, and then the more you just start doing that stuff without ignoring all of the noise from other people or, or, or what you perceive to be the noise for other people, you just like, can't go wrong. <laughs> you just can't miss. <laughs> you are a very strong argument for authenticity. And if there is anyone listening who feels uncomfortable or weird or squeamish around social media, or even in conversations with friends, it means you're not being authentic to who you are and you need to yeah. let the fuck go and just be who you are. And anyone that leaves was meant to leave. I really agree with, I mean, so much that because it's like, I feel like, I always feel like the people personally that I'd find to be the least the most frustrated, unhappy or whatever are the people who aren't just like allowing themselves to be themselves. They aren't necessarily honest or they aren't open or, you know, they're trying to wear all the right clothes and say all the right things and do all the right things. And it's like, you're not happy because you're not just being who you are. And so then you're stifling it. And then everybody sees that in some way, shape or form and they don't respond to it. And I think that's like, people always ask, like, you know, you were nice enough to ask like what questions I don't really want to answer. And it's like, I mean, for the most part, I'm all pretty much just say anything, which may come and bite my ass someday. But like for right now, it's, it's just who I am. I just feel like being open is important and being authentic and is it's important. And it's, it's, it, it's, I don't know, it's gotten me the things that I want personally and the people that I want around me, like you said, like everybody else can peace out if they don't like me, that's fine. It shouldn't be considered a fearless act, but it is one. It is, yeah. There's a, a tiptoeiness around the the public faces of us that I hate because I think it takes away from from realness and it takes away from making new friends and it can take it can provide this weird distance or like film in front of you. Not unlike what's going on when you go get your nails done now. There's like a wall in between the woman who is giving you a manicure. I'll never forget that as long as I live. I will never forget communicating through plastic for as long as I live. Everything's weird about when I go to any store and my instinct is always to look around this plastic so I can actually connect with people. And I'm like, no, you're supposed to stand behind it. Like there's a reason it's there. It's so weird. It's so weird. It's just, everything about 2020 has just been a bit too much. I think that's why we were dancing and crying on the street is because everything was too much. It was the first time life was a little bit okay. It was the first time I felt like, I feel like people could just like let go and feel joy together. 
Whereas there's been so much collective just stress, like not, you know, not never mind the depression or the worry or the, it's just been like stress. I feel like it's constant tension. And so finally people could just kind of let that go and just enjoy it and feel like pure joy, which is beautiful. And I hope we get to continue to to feel that because it helps process the stress and the trauma of the last year. And when you don't do that, you get lingering effects that, um, that stick around longer than they should and that they don't feel so good. So I hope we can continue to feel better. Um, I was telling Nicole earlier, if you guys haven't looked at Joe Biden's transition website, uh, just read it cover to cover. It will remind you what real life feels like. It was the most like comforting website I have ever, it's the most comfort I've ever taken from a digital property. That's so awesome. I'm going to check it out. I can't wait. Yeah. Logic. We, good dose we of logic. need that feeling. We need logic. We need to feel like someone's in charge. Mm-hmm. I mean, I feel like there's this whole 2020 has been a big thing about like letting go and realizing it's okay to not be in control, but it's like, we needed someone to be in control. Like we need someone to be structuring us a little bit. And we just had someone that we still do have someone that's so incredibly unhinged and irresponsible uh, that it, it, it makes it very difficult to feel centered in any way. I think it's like, we need some, we need a, we need someone driving the, the truck. Yes. <laughs> we can all feel stressed out, but we need at least one person at the wheel, you know? Yes. And like, uh, when they get tired, there's someone else to drive. There's, yeah. there's two people, two people yeah. driving this. Bus. Don't you love how much light is shined on the VP for like the yeah. first time ever? Yeah. It, I had never, it's funny because my sister said that and I was like, I didn't even think about it, but it's like so true because he, he's really sharing the stage with her. And that's a beautiful thing because not only, not only just as, you know, because uh, we want to see two people, but it's like as a black woman and like, you know, being able to have that spotlight and be able to not just be someone's like background player. It's a beautiful thing. Uh, he, he, he seems like a genuinely good person. And she seems like, I mean, I don't, you know, there's, I'm sure that they, they, everybody has their issues and we all have our issues with them, whatever, but it's like, they just seem like genuinely good people who genuinely care about people. And that for me, it's like, you can't beat that. <laughs> Agreed. I also think that uh, the team effort is incredibly intentional and it makes yeah. me very excited. Yeah. Very, very that. excited. Um, there's that. so much, it's so weird to be happy. It's, it? it's strange to, it it's is strange to have this happiness back. It, it is weird. It feels really, really good. And it feels, it does. And like, yeah, I think a lot of people are like, I'm waiting for the other shoe to drop. And it's like, that is very fair, but it's also just nice to have some moments of joy and just like feel that for a little bit. Absolutely. It, it is true that until January 20th, there is still a uh, lunatic narcissist yeah. asshole yeah. in power. Yeah. Um, but let's just ride it out and have some Thanksgiving and Christmas and yeah. New Year's Eve and we'll be fine. Yeah. It's not that long. It's not that long. <laughs> <laughs> also reminds me like, am I doing Christmas shopping this year? Am I getting Hanukkah presents? What's I, I don't know for myself. Know. Absolutely. But like for oh, other yeah. people, I don't know. Oh, 100%. Yeah. I don't know either. I don't even know what I'm doing for the holidays. I haven't even thought about it. Like I keep forgetting that that exists because this whole year has just felt like, Oh, you don't do anything. We just kind of exist and ride it out. <laughs> do you know what else I was thinking? Um, before the pandemic, the biggest thing that happened before the pandemic was Christmas. Mm-hmm. And it feels like almost two Christmases in a row because the year didn't really happen. Yeah. So it's like, it, it feels weird that it's almost the Christmas season. I'm like, weird. It's because there wasn't the rest of the year to fill in the gaps between. No. Yeah. It does feel like that. It's so weird. It was weird. My, my birthday was on Halloween and it was like not a good birthday, but it was also just so 
weird that it was happening. Mm -hmm. Like, I was like, how are we here at this point in the year? (laughs) I saw the award on Halloween. I was so jealous. It's my favorite holiday. Oh, it's my favorite holiday too. It's the best. I I do fully love my birthday so much. (laughs) It's such a good one. It is such a good one. It's great. It's great. You mentioned that you are single. Mm-hmm. And I also liked it. By the way, this is incense. My apartment is not on fire. I was wondering, I was like, is that coffee? What's happening with that? Okay. It's incense because I, uh, very like, uh, sensory sensitive. I'm very sensitive to smell and I like to yeah. have good ones around all the time. Yeah. Um, so I like to ask everybody, like, what are your thoughts on singlehood? Because a huge part of why this podcast exists is to sort of change narratives about singlehood that I did not like that I had to improve for myself before I could start to enjoy single life and enjoy uh, life at all, really, because single at like mid thirties wasn't so fun. Yeah. Um, And now it's, so I'm wondering what, what are your overall thoughts on singlehood? I feel like it's interesting with the thirties. I aspect of it because I feel like I ebb and flow with that sometimes. I mean, most of the time I truly don't care. And then every once in a while, I'm like, <gasps> I'm, you know, I'm not going to say how old I am, but I'm this age and I'm still single. I don't like that. And like, I don't like I'll have those moments. But for the most part, to be honest, it's like, I feel very comfortable being single. I feel very comfortable within myself. And I feel like I don't really see the need I've had a lot of bad relationships. My last breakup was particularly heinous. Uh, My last relationship was heinous. So it was like, after that, I kind of hit this weird wall of being like, there's no way I'm just going to allow some crap into my life just for the sake of having someone around me because I don't need someone around me because I'm comfortable with myself. I think what I noticed from a lot of people is it's very difficult for people for people to feel comfortable within their own bodies and their own selves um, and their own thoughts. Uh, And so that's why people typically, from what I've noticed, jump from relationship to relationship. And I don't really have that anymore. I have an interesting experience too, because I also stopped drinking. Um, It had been a while since my last breakup, but the reason I stopped drinking was because I lost my shit on my ex. And I was like, I think something's wrong with me. And I think I have like some anger I got to work on. So, but it's interesting because not drinking is, it's really similar to being single of this thing of like, you think you need it and you think it's like this nice cushion and it's like helping you when in actuality, it's not really helping you to grow as much as you realize. Like it's, it's mostly just a, a way to, um, sometimes it, sometimes it can be a way to ignore the truth of like things that you need to work on within yourself. So I feel like I've, being single, not drinking has helped me to really like look deeply into myself, work on the things that I want to work on, make sure that my core is strong and healthy um, and not rush into just anything just so I can ignore what I need to really work on. Um, so I don't know. It's like, I, I, I enjoy being single. I don't want to be single forever. I would really love to have a partner. Um, but I haven't met any men who um work who who will who will work for me (laughs) so I'm not forcing it because I don't know the last time I forced it I ended up with a really bad deal so it's like I don't want to do that again yeah it's a a long answer I feel like but it's I have a lot of a lot of thoughts on it (laughs) long answers are fine around okay good they are entirely welcome um I think the correlation between alcohol and relationships they can both be a comfort and a problem yeah and yeah. sometimes at the same time. Yeah, I think I think definitely. I think it's I think it's 
I noticed that a lot too. Like I noticed that I make less, but I mean, listen, I, I end up, I end up not having sex for a long time, because but cause I'm not drinking and I'm not, you know, but it's like at the same time, I'd rather do that than I, than be chasing the wrong thing or, um, you know, I don't know, hung up on the wrong shit, but yeah, I feel like it's, it's a very much, they're very much correlated. And it's an interesting, like, once you have to, once you soap are not drinking and you're by yourself, you have, you just, have, your face, the, you're looking in the mirror every day and you're learning a lot. Cause I mean, my last relationship was bad because my ex was, you know, bad. He was a liar, but it's like, at the same time, I put myself in front of that person. And there was something that there was a reason I was doing that. So it's like, it's being, being single has taught me a lot. And I do feel like the next relationship I get in will be good because of that, (laughs) because I've had this time to like reflect. Absolutely. That's the whole point of coming to a place where you are happy single is so that you won't give it up for someone that is worse than your singlehood. Yeah. You are worse than me being by myself, I'm not going to be with you. It's like a yeah. it's this protective layer that you give yourself not wanting to give up your singlehood for anyone who is less than worthy. It's yeah. a wonderful gift to give to yourself because living in a state where all you want to do is find partnership at any cost and with any person, just like yeah. whatever you can get to stick is a really like low self-worth and desperate place. And I hate Absolutely. It. And I lived in it for a good decade. And it wasn't me good. too. Me too. And I, I, have I mean yeah I, it's been a huge process to get find that self-worth and to find my self-esteem and confidence and I'm not perfect I still have a lot of issues but at the same time my self-worth is high enough that I don't need to seek out the comfort of someone else because I see people doing that all the time and I'm like you know it's fine if I mean good for, you know good for you you're having sex and you got someone to laugh with which is great but like you're not really getting anything from that person you're hanging on to it because because you need comfort, but it's not giving, it's not, it doesn't even give you comfort in the end. So yeah. The older yeah. I get, the less comfort I take from the like accoutrement of relationships. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. sex and laughter are amazing, but I need more than that for it to count. Yeah. It's I feel not like enough anymore. Yeah. And I feel like I were, I want to, I also want, I think what I was working on in therapy for a while was like not thinking that I need, I mean, it sounds, it is kind of basic, but like not needing someone to complete you is a thing because it's like, I think a lot of times you think if I only had that one piece, then I would feel whole, but it's like, you need to learn to feel whole by yourself because you are one full person. And Mm -hmm. so if you, if you still think that that person's going to finish, be the, be the finisher, <laughs> be the last piece, then you need to keep working on yourself and stay, try to stay single if you can, in my opinion. So I don't I know. Agree. Yeah, I totally agree. Yeah. But, um, there are another, another thing, another reason why this podcast exists is because I don't think that singlehood is necessarily something that you have to like, um, accept or come to terms with or whatever. I think it's actually a genuine positive all on its own. Yeah. Um, And I think that we've been very, very lied to and fed a terrible, uh, undesirable spinster story to keep us away from it. Um, Yeah. But I'm also, there are also moments to me where this is fun and funny. So I wanted to ask you, what is the funniest thing about being single? The funniest thing about being single? Oh my gosh. I would have to think about that. The funniest thing about being single. Um, 
I don't know. I was, it's hard. It is interesting because it's like, I don't, I don't, I don't know if I always think of it as funny. Um, I think probably it's anytime you just have to deal with the stories, any, any story, because there's, you get a lot of stories from it. Like my friends is always laughing at me because I always have like insane stories and people saying and doing things. And my friend's like, that's a pilot. You got to write that down. I'm like, every story I tell you can't be a pilot. <laughs> or could it? Or could it be? Or could it be? It could be. But yeah, I think that that's, I think that might be it is like, you end up also with these like great, I tweeted about this once about these great characters. Like, you know, we, I always make fun of them with my friends, like glasses guy or the young one, or like, you know, guy from the gym where you always have these stories and you start calling them just by those phrases. And so then you have these like funny stories about these funny people. And I do think you end up dealing with a lot of characters. Um, you know, you meet a lot more people. So you're just kind of going through this Rolodex of like different kinds of crazy, different kinds of baggage, kind of trying to scope out, see if you can figure it out before they, you know, plop it on you or something like whatever the bad thing is. <laughs> so I guess that's kind of a funny thing. I mean, it's like, it depends on my mood. Sometimes I'm like, why, you know, why do I have to deal with so many crazy people or horrible people or whatever? But at the same time, that, that does lead to a lot of humorous situations where you're like sending your friends some crazy shit that some guy texted you and you're like, look at this dumb person or like, look at the thing this person said. And That's such a good one. Way. Oh my God. Texting girlfriend screenshots is a hilarious thing about being single. Oh my God. My favorite one is incredibly smug and I don't care if this makes me sound like an asshole. Yeah. I love being in public and seeing just couple misery like at ikea oh yes like the couples at ikea and it's not going well it just that cracks me the fuck up just everything mm -hmm. that i don't have to deal with like looking at two people at a dinner table and like one of them definitely wants to be there and the other one wanted to get sushi instead it's yeah. just i find so much hilarity in that because it isn't happening to me so i do love like, that i do love that i have to also admit that a very guilty pleasure of mine is um being able to determine when couples break up on social media. Like I'm very good at it. <laughs> oh and I God, do is that like your sixth sense is like a breakup 100%. detector. Oh, that's so oh, yeah. Like I, I will see something like six months before people talk about the fact that they broke up and people will be like, no, they didn't. Like I have had where I, there were people that I know that have been engaged and then I'm like, they're not, I know they're not together anymore. I can tell. And people are like, no, they are, they're good. And I'm, I'm like, they're not, they're not, I know they're not. And then they'll say we're not together anymore. And there's something that's smug and terrible, but it's, I do enjoy that because I don't know. Social media is very interesting with couples. It's obviously the highlights. It's the highlights of everyone's life, but something about certain couples, you're just like, you're really putting it on. You're really putting it on and we all see it. And so when you can kind of start to do your detective work and realize that somebody broke up, it's kind of, there's something kind of juicy about that. Oh, I have a couple that I'm eyeing right now. Yeah. Ooh. I have one couple that I'm eyeing right now and I'm like, I think they broke up. <laughs> See, it's allowed to be funny in this house. That's entirely okay. I don't yeah. mind that at all. The shit I'm sure that has been talked about me by couples, like, oh, I just wish you would find somebody. Yeah. Like, Fuck it. I can say what I want about them. Like, yeah. there's no more preciousness to couples than there is to singlehood. That's a huge, huge double standard is like, couplehood is sacred, <laughs> but let's ask a single woman how often she's getting laid. Like, right. Mm, right. Know. Right. I don't know. I don't know about that. Yeah, definitely people can be in your business. Also, it's I have a thing with um 
with friends who will be in couples and then try to set you up with some trash can dude. And you're like, why the fuck are you just trying to set me with that? You would never date that person. Because he was breathing. Because he yeah. was breathing. I had somebody connect me with a guy that they came across. And like, after it was over, after we'd had like a video chat session, she was like, yeah, I did think he was kind of meek. And I'm like, then why? I'm not a meek person and you right. know me well. Why did you connect me with a meek man? I think right. it's because they the phrase, I just want you to be happy, or they just want you to find somebody or whatever, it's that clouds things like the genuine compatibility moments. And they yeah. figure, oh, well, you never know. Maybe some accident will happen and they will hit it off. I don't want yeah. to accidentally hit it off with somebody. I would like to intentionally find someone who's like great for me. Yeah. Like I, ge- I genuinely want you to set me up with someone you think I would enjoy. I have another issue with that too, where strangers, that's actually something that's funny, not strangers, but like if I, when I first was single, I met someone on a commercial, a woman, and she was like, oh, I have the perfect guy for you. I can't wait to hook you up with him. Oh my God. She showed me a picture of this dude. First of all, he's from her church. I am not a church person. Sorry to church people listening in, but I am not. Okay. I was raised Jewish and I also am not religious at all. Um, and then he was like, you know, no offense to bald people. I've dated bald people, but he was like bald with a mustache, looked like 20 years older than me was just completely not my type, but he was black. And I was like, that's not the only criteria, honey. That's not the only criteria like that. You don't even, first of all, you don't even know what kind of people I date. (laughs) And second of all, just no, but yeah, it's like situations like that where people just try to hook you up with just literally any breathing person. It's wild to me that, that always makes me laugh. It used to, it's depending, it's the same thing where it depends on my mood. Sometimes I'll be like pissed about it, but it's also hilarious because people are wild and it is like, I just want you to be happy. Okay. Well then find someone that I would be happy with, you know? Yes. There's also like a, I don't think that anybody should inquire about a single person's life unless they have a viable candidate in their back pocket, because otherwise all you're doing is just kind of putting a single woman on the spot to like dazzle you with some dating life that she doesn't have because dating life isn't dazzling. It's a fucking nightmare, which will lead me to my next question for you. But it's like, if, unless you have the solution, don't come at me telling me I have a problem. Yeah. It's it's bullshit. There's so much bullshit around being single that, that we can freely talk about here and not give a shit if we're pissing off a couple or somebody that fixed us up with somebody that they really shouldn't have. There are definitely sexy bald men in the world. Absolutely. I've dated, yeah, I've dated bald men. I think they're hot, but there's some that look like uh, Steve Harvey with a bald cap or whatever. Like, (laughs) who is it? Keenan when he wears that bald cap. And I'm like, yo, that ain't my type, yo. Okay. I'm hot. All right. I'm hot. Don't tell me like that. Not everyone is Jason Statham. We can't. uh, By the way, the Fast and the Furious franchise like collected every attractive bald man and put them all in one movie. Have you noticed? (laughs) Yeah, they're doing a lot for bald representation. So good. It's like one of my guiltiest pleasures of the Fast and the Furious franchise, yeah. by the way. I have not seen. I've only seen like the first one, I think. And I don't, not any since then. <laughs> oh, it is. The first one. I got to catch up. Chef's kiss. Anyway, um, but here's the thing. What is not funny about being single at all that is culturally and social media-ly um, used as humor? I will give you an example of what I mean. I know this is a weird question. Mm-hmm. All of the memes that are like, oh my God, this is why I'm single. This mm-hmm. totally normal personality trait or behavior is the reason why people don't like me. Mm-hmm. That sort of thing. Like there is one reason and one reason only why anyone is single. They have mm-hmm. not met their partner yet. Right. That's it. That is the right. one singular reason. There is nothing about you that is repelling other humans. Right. Because whatever that thing is, the person for you probably really likes it. Yeah. Just 
Just saying. I don't know. That's what I don't think is funny at all. And I'm really tired of seeing that this is why I'm single memes that I feel like are very degrading to single women, especially. Well, I think that's so real. I mean, God, it's so real. I think what I've noticed too, is it's like, if I tweet about being single, oh my God, it's like people will, men will DM me and be like, you're too picky. I'm like, bitch, you do not know me. How can you say that? And some, it, it's also like this, there's also a variety of looks related responses of you're too pretty to be single. Okay, whatever. Uh, sure. Thanks for that. Number two, the opposite side of that is like, or like you're too pretty. You must, something must be wrong with you, you know, or you're pretty. Like I've also got, you know, you're pretty, but you're tall. Uh, so that's maybe problematic or you're pretty, but you're tall and your, uh, your body is not tiny. Okay. So that must be, (laughs) or, uh, you're, you're intimidating, which, Oh, that's my favorite one. That is my favorite. You're too intimidating. You're too much. There's too much of you. Kill me. Like, I'm just like, I I, I, kill me. (laughs) That that's the one where I'm like, I, I will never not apparently be intimidating because everyone tells me I'm intimidating in some different way, shape or form all the time. And I'm like, uh, I mean, even my therapist, but she doesn't say it in a bad way, but it's like, she said it where it's like, you're just a lot and you're going to have to find someone that's willing to be with the person. That's a lot because I'm, you know, not just because I'm like motivated or make money or whatever it is. It's because I think it's just, I'm a big personality. I'm very like, very, like we've talked about very authentic, very open. And sometimes that is a little bit like to people because they're like, you're putting all of the things out. How, how, so it's like, I don't know. It's just one of those, it, I think that's the thing that's not funny about being single is the ways people find to tell you that you're single or that like, you know, and like for me, it's really, the picky thing is really tough because it's like, what do you want me to do? Do you want me to just, do you want me to just go for anything? Because if I go for anything, I'll almost always end up with bad. And then people will tell me it was because I was too intimidating. You know, it's like this like weird cycle of, you know what you do? Whenever anybody tells you that they're picky, you say, oh, so you're married because you weren't. Right. <laughs> That's the response. And by the way, whoever is going to be with you is not going to be willing to be with you. They're going to be privileged to be with yeah, you. It exactly. is the willingness to put up with us in order yeah. to take us on as a bride. Yeah. I can't, I would rather be alone. I would rather be alone oh, absolutely. Than, than conform to that notion. The picky one is very uh, degrading. It's as if you've said to someone's face, you are unattractive and have a terrible personality. Yeah. You should take what you can get. Yeah, it's that's really thing. what it is. It's like, I don't, that's not how it works. <laughs> if anyone, and it's also, I think, I wonder if people say that to men. I don't think that people say that to men, that you're picky. No. I think they would just say like, oh, you're just like, oh, you're doing your thing. You're a bachelor, whatever you are, or whatever. But if I- just hasn't I, found the right girl yet. Yeah, Exactly. Okay, so neither have I with a guy, you know. And it's, it, I think that's what bothers me is like I, if I if I tweet about it or if I'm just open about it or joking about it, I get a lot of like judgmental responses from literal strangers who do not know me at all, or you know, well I'll date you or like oh you want to go out with me and it's like no I don't want to fucking go out with you I don't know who you are you live in a different state I'm like who are you you know it's like. It's weird stuff like that that really bothers me because it's not that simple. It's not just like, oh, well, you don't have to be single. You're just doing something to be single. It's like, no, I'm not. I just, I, first of all, a lot of, and also there's a lot of times where, like I said earlier, it's like if you're single, there's a lot of times where it's like you had some work that you needed to do too. And 
you know, that doesn't mean that when you're done with the work, you're automatically going to find the perfect person for you. So it's like, I don't know. I, I think it's the judgmental, the judgmentalness of it. I'm lucky that my friends and family have more or less given up on dating me dating. And so they Same. don't really try to do that anymore. Same. Isn't it nice? <laughs> yeah, it is nice. Cause I don't fucking want to talk about it all the time. Like it's just, it's not, it, yeah. It's like, I don't want to have to defend it. I don't want to have to um, be set up. I don't want to have to have you worry about me or anything like that. So yeah, sometimes it's nice to just be like, I'm glad you guys gave up. Cause I didn't give up, but I'm glad y'all gave up. <laughs> it's nice to tell them like, when there's something you need to know, I will tell you. Yeah. That's kind of a good groundwork to lay. It's like, I promise I'm not going to hide anything. I'm not worried here. Neither should you be. When there's something to tell you, it will be told. That's, yeah, exactly. That's it's, the way that should go. Yeah. Um, quickly, can I just express joy for the fact that there's a nice Jewish boy in the White House now? Oh, yeah. Doug, right? Yeah. <laughs> I've seen the funniest great. tweets from uh, Jewish men today. Uh, like, somebody was like, for, <laughs> for, Jewish men who have far more successful and attractive wives. This is our moment. It was. Oh, I love it. I love it. It was hilarious, but it's just, it's really nice that. Yeah. It's so great. Oh my God. It makes me so happy. I know. Everything, everything about everything about this makes me happy. Um, Oh yeah. Cause we we have Jared Kushner now, but he's trash. (laughs) I was like, 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 don't we have a Jewish guy in the way? But he's not really like, you know, he's not a nice Jewish boy. And he's not nice. He's horrible. Yeah. He's evil. Yes. (laughs) Evil Jewish boys, we don't even, I had never even heard the phrase because no. they don't, we don't discuss them. No. Nice Jewish boys, however, are all anyone wants to discuss. Now it's going to be like, Kamala found a nice Jewish boy. Why can't you find a nice Yeah, boy? yeah, yeah, for sure. All I know. Absolutely. <laughs> but I love it. I'm here for it. Like, I'm rain on it. me. Go for yeah. it. Yeah. Um, really quickly, does Nicole Kidman's character in The Undoing have any discernible personality apart from her wig? No. <laughs> Zero. No personality. What do you... Like that's who somebody needs to ask. Who are you? Because I don't understand. Whole. I was just watching that show last night, and it's just so strange. I always feel like also the camera lingers on her for a second too long all the time. Everything's a little bit weird about that show. And yeah, the wig. That's all we got going for it. It's a very diva cut, fresh, you know, (laughs) curled wig. However, it's doing the most, (laughs) and we could probably it could stand to relax a little bit. (laughs) Did you watch last night? I did. Yeah. I am very uncomfortable with the weekly episode release. Like if you want me to maintain interest week over week, you have to be Lovecraft country. Otherwise mm-hmm. I'm going to walk away from you because now I've been so trained to be able to watch five episodes at once. Yeah. I yeah. don't know that, that Hugh Grant's character is doing it for me. I don't know, but I haven't no. seen last night's. So I do we'll love see. Hugh Grant. I was thinking that last night though. I was like, I do love Hugh Grant. I mean, that show is just, it's interesting because to me, it's like, I almost feel like I know what's going on, but then I'm probably going to be wrong. Cause I'm like, this can't be this. It can't be this easy. Right. But, um, yeah, Nicole, Nicole doesn't have much personality. Um, she doesn't have much facial expression, but that's just, you know, Hollywood for you. Um, I don't, it's, it's a very, it's weird. It's also, it's one of those shows that this is totally unrelated to the wig, but it just bothers me. The casting of it bothers me. I'm like, why does everybody have to be white except yep. for, the very side piece character. It's like, why are we doing it? It's, it's, it's one of those shows where I'm like, literally your best friend does not have to be white. You could change it. Like I just want more representation. And I get so sick watching shows where every character's cast so stereotypically, but I'm going to keep watching it. So like, let me be real. <laughs> but yeah, I want to no. know what's going to happen because you're exactly right. It seems too simple. It seems too simple. 
it seems to me like obvious what's going on, but then I'm like, this can't be right. And that when you watch the next episode, I'll be interested to hear what you think. Cause I'm just like, I don't, I, I don't know. But yeah, it's a slow burn, but it's like, there's no way it could be as, as easy as we, as I think it's going to be. Cause that would make this show completely pointless. It's HBO. <laughs> there's no way. There is no right. way that like, ugh. anyway, I've been trying to like, uh, soothe myself from Lovecraft being over by watching yeah. uh, Watchmen. Oh yeah. And the very first episode of Watchmen uses, I think the exact same set in Tulsa as Lovecraft oh, yeah. did. And oh. so I felt a little bit like I was still connected to Lovecraft and I felt yeah. really good. Um, yeah. Whatever I know they Lovecraft make awards was, for, they need to win them all. Lovecraft was so good. It was also insane. Like I never, I kind of never knew what was happening, but I was always on board for it. Yes. And it was one of those things too, where I like talked with this guy every week we would talk about it. And then now we just don't have anything to talk about. And I'm like, dang. <laughs> but it was good. It was like, just such, it was such one of those things where every week we're like, did you see it? What'd you think? Like, did you like it? It's one of those shows where you just like to get excited about it. It was a show so good. It could have supplemental materials. I know. There are full podcasts that follow along that like dig deep. It's just, it's one of the most innovative things I've seen on television ever, which is yeah. really cool to like see something be done so deeply and so there was so much complicated shit happening. It was, it was amazing, but it wasn't confusing. It wasn't dark. It wasn't the show dark, which had so many fucking timelines. I didn't watch that show. I think I got, I watched like an episode and I was like, nah, I'm good. (laughs) I I was honestly watching it because I kind of wanted to learn German. If I'm honest, like I I really was, I liked following that along anyway. um, Let me see. What do I want to ask you? I would like, you know what? This is, this is a good one. As I compliment mm-hmm. myself for writing your interview. Oh, I'm sure it's great. I'm sure you're right. <laughs> what what has singlehood given you that you are the most grateful for? So much. <laughs> so much. I mean, I feel very blessed, very blessed to have no children right now. The reason I say that is because I feel like we were talking about living in different cities. Um, I, I feel like there's a when you grow up, everybody thinks I'm going to get married. I mean, this is what I thought. I'm going to get married at 24, right after graduating college. And da, 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 I'm going to have two kids, what I always thought. And the plans were just set in place. And then I grew up and because I'm pretty intensely career oriented and because I was not, I, because I needed to work through some shit, I never met the person that I was going to marry. And so I ended up, you know, living this like full fucking life, which was great. And so I feel very grateful, like to have been able to move to different cities easily, to not have kids, to be able to experience more life. My mom and I always talk about, cause um, I'm always like, I don't know if I do want kids or not. I still can't figure it out. Cause I feel like the only way I'll know if I want kids, honestly, is if I have a partner. Cause I don't know if I would want to just have a kid for to have one. I don't know if I want one that bad. And so I think my mom and I, we always talk about like, my mom's like, you're so lucky that you've had this opportunity to, to think about it, to decide if you want that life. I think that I've, my whole life, my whole life has been, I've been able to make decisions because it wasn't just set in stone. And so I really appreciate that. And I really appreciate that. I know how much I know my own power. And I, I know that, I think that, you know, everybody a lot of people in happy relationships, I'm sure they have the autonomy and confidence and I'm sure they're very happy and I'm happy for them. But for me, I feel very lucky that I'm so independent that 
I know I can support myself. I know how I, I can, you know, insure myself. I know I can, you know, fix broken shit in my apartment, put things together. I can move myself across the country. I just feel like all of these things I feel super proud of because I see people, people, you know, a lot of times say to me, like, how do you do this? How do you do that? How did you go to a movie by yourself? How could you do that? And I'm like, I, cause I love it. And so I feel really grateful to like, to have that knowledge of myself and of what I can do because I was given the opportunity in a lot of ways to do it on my own, you know? Time and freedom are gifts. Yeah. And they don't happen for people who get married young. They just don't. There is yeah. a level of freedom and a level of time to figure shit out that people who partnered young will never have. I yeah. think they also have happy lives, yeah. but I think this brand of happy life is what works for us. Yeah. Time and freedom are the most beautiful gifts yeah. in the world. I can't, I get, sometimes I get really scared. Like when you have a nightmare and you wake up thinking it's true. Yeah. Sometimes I'll have those terrible moments where I'm like, Oh fuck. And I, it's as if I imagine myself married to someone that I dated in my twenties or in college or even like, and I think about how lucky I am that that isn't true. That isn't real. Yeah, I have yeah. this freedom. I have this time. I got to a point in life where I was able to figure out that I am not meant to be a mother. It is not something that I want at all. And I wouldn't have known. That is something that, oh my God, I don't, that's talk about ingrained and societal. And it's just something that we don't, you don't realize. And I don't think that many people realize it until they're like older thirties, mid, mid to upper thirties. Cause I have two friends that I did not think would be parents, but then this, this last year they both became mothers and it was because it was the choice. They were ready and they wanted it. And they knew because it's like, I don't know. I see a lot of people who think that they want kids and then they have kids. I'm like, are y'all really, are you truly good with this or not? Because it doesn't seem like you necessarily are. And then if they have a second or a third, I'm like, why are you doing that? You didn't seem like you wanted the first after you had it. So yeah, I, I feel like it, it's, it is a gift to be able to, to, to think about, do I want this or not? When not everybody gets that, that gift. <laughs> because you're supposed to is not a good reason to do anything. But right. I think it's the reason that a lot of people use because it's the, the path laid before them and the Absolutely. rest of them probably sound scary. But to me, the, the uh, traditional like wonder years path is what's scary. Yeah. I went to like, I, I, had, I, I don't know how to phrase this without making it obvious. I, I like know a person that's <laughs> married to a, like uh, someone I dated early early on and I think about it all the time because I watch her life and they you know they got a lot of money they got kids they got a cute little dog and I'm just like I'm glad she has that and I don't I, I don't want that <laughs> like I don't want that they live in Kansas I don't want that I'm happy with what I have and I'm happy that he found what he was looking for because he he was one of those like I'm supposed to do this I'm supposed to do that and I was like that's great I don't think I can just do it that easily I think I gotta explore first that was always my thing was I felt like I needed to explore sometimes I worry that I explored for too long and now I'm never gonna not be not be exploring but whatever I mean it is what it is you know after a while you have to just be like it is what it is I can't I'm not gonna fight it because if I would fight if I would fight it I could date any schmo off the street but I don't want to do that because they're schmoes (laughs) I don't want to mess around with that I will be using her as an example for everything for the rest of my life. Kamala didn't get married until she was 50. Really? Uh-huh. And now she's happily married. No, and vice president of the United States. I Just love saying. her. I love I her love so that. much. I didn't know that. I haven't, I don't know much about her personal life. I'm just, that's amazing. That's incredible. 
I just feel like there is something to that. I don't want to get, I don't want to get married when I'm 50. I'd rather get married in a couple, maybe in four years. I want to date somebody for like two years and then get married. But like, I just feel like there's, there's just something, it's a, it's like a steadiness within yourself and it's a knowledge of all of the things. And I like, I fucking went to London and Paris for two weeks by my fucking self. Like, I'm glad that I did that. Now I've experienced those things. And like I said, like now I'm sure if I meet somebody, I'm, I'm okay with it. I'll, I'll, you know, I'm, you know, date them. <laughs> marry them. Even if I can't, I can't really say that, but I'll, I'll marry them. But like, I'm, you know, like we get to experience those things and Kamala got to experience having a career, you know, doing what she wanted to do, being her own person, being comfortable within herself. I mean, she has this light coming out of her that shows that she knows who the fuck she is and she's been there. And so, and of course, you know, then she finds a man. That's just like what Cher said. That's dessert. She got her dessert. Have you heard that, that interview with Cher? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I'm sure you have. It is canon in this podcast. It's canon, baby. It's canon. Because, you know, but it is, it's truly like, I'm so, I feel like I'm so grateful for that. I feel like if I would have gotten married at 24, like I thought I would, I mean, I would, you know, probably be with someone who I actually do still talk to and I'm friends with, but I would not want to be in that relationship. And I wouldn't have wanted to be with that person from that point in my life till now. I mean, I've changed and done so much. I wouldn't have been able to do that. Like, who knows if I even would have moved to Chicago to start acting and start doing comedy if I had been tied down to a marriage or relationship. God, you know, this career that we both have, this career doesn't, doesn't come, you know, without its, without the work, you got to put the work in. And sometimes it's hard to put the work in when you're like married or trying to raise a family. I I can't even imagine some people do it, but I just, I don't know if I would have been able to do it. (laughs) I know I wouldn't have been able to do it. And we're so so trained to prioritize the marriage Mm -hmm. and the family that it seems like it's hard for us to say out loud that we're like grateful. We didn't do a thing that we know people we love did. So we don't want to insult them because if we say how lucky and and happy we are for having this time, that's like insulting to them. I don't care. I don't care if someone who's married with kids right now is insulted by the fact that I say, I'm glad I'm not them. Yeah. You know, I had that conversation. I had that happen to me recently where I was talking like, cause there's, I have these horrible children that are living across from me and they're like screaming all the time. And I was like, <sighs> I don't even think I could ever have kids because of that sound of kids just constantly screaming. And this guy was like, well, I just had a baby. And I was like, congratulations, babe. Like I wasn't fucking telling you that I'm, that I think you're stupid for having a baby. It doesn't, my, my thoughts don't, you know, mean your thoughts are wrong. You know, your thoughts don't mean my thoughts are wrong. And so it was, it is interesting. It's like people get offended, but that's on them. I always think that I always think that about everything. It's like if you're feeling insecure around me because of something, that's on you. That's something you gotta work out. You know, and if like if you're mad at a single person for being happy with their singledom, shit, that's on you. I mean, we sleep alone every night. So we're not you know, it's not perfect over here. <laughs> if you need our thoughts to match your thoughts, yeah, you are too picky. Yeah, you're too picky. You're too picky. Um, not everybody has to go with the same every path. Like it's, just, it's. I don't know. It's just, it. It always bothers me. Like it's like we don't all have to think the same. Of course, obviously, it's, it doesn't make sense. Like just because I think it. I think I always think that that's something within them that's saying like I don't feel comfortable with the decisions that I made, and I'm like, well, that's not my problem. We just made different decisions, and each each. Each decision has its downfalls. There's no doubt to that. Like I'm not perfectly 
okay being single. I'm not, but it's, but at the same time, I'm happy and I, I'm not, I'm not going to feel bad for that. (laughs) They can coexist. It's totally possible for Mm -hmm. single happiness and the desire for a relationship to coexist. And I don't think we've been told that very often. Those things can very harmoniously coexist. And I think that they should. Yeah. It feels like a very cozy place, at least for me, it feels like a very cozy place to be, to be happily single, to enjoy my day-to-day life, to feel very lucky and privileged for my day-to-day life. And at the same time, really look forward to my next partnership. And absolutely. It's a possibility. Yeah. Because it's like, I'm literally, I'm like singing, I, I'm every woman, but I'm like, okay, but where's the dude? <laughs> Cause I do want to have sex again. You know, and like, I want someone to hold my hand when we cross the street. Shit. Fuck. <laughs> I want to hold someone's hand when I'm walking home from dancing in the street on Saturday uh, night. There was a moment, there was a moment where I was walking, I'd left my friends and I was walking home and it was a long walk. And I was like, really again with this shit, I'm walking yeah. home alone again tonight. Yeah. Of all nights, it still didn't ruin my joy. Let, let's be oh, clear. No. But I was oh. just like, I think, I think it would be really nice to to have somebody to experience this with. I know. Um, I, so. I always think that about like talking shit. <laughs> like my ex, like I said, it was not a good relationship, but the thing that we did have was a very fun friendship, and like we would talk a lot of shit because that's just what I like to do. <laughs> but it's so nice to be able to come home and be like, dude, like today, you know, da, 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 said this. And I was like, well, and then they're like, oh my God. And they're always on your side. And I, I, I love that kind of stuff. And I love like watching a movie with somebody and being lazy. Like that's the kind of stuff I like, but yeah, I mean, yes, I co it coexists with me being incredibly happy to not be bothered by some dude <laughs> chilling on oh my, my fucking couch. Was that Whoopi <laughs> Goldberg? That was like, I don't want a man in my house. Yes. That's also <laughs> canon. That is also canon. It's so good. She has so many fabulous opinions about relationships so and singlehood and, and life in general, really. Mm-hmm. Um, I, want, um, I want more movies with Whoopi Goldberg in them. Is that, yeah. is that bad? Like, I, I feel just, like the view has like, tarnished her as an actress somehow. Like, they don't, she doesn't get put in movies because of that now. My She's childhood like was Whoopi in movies. All the good ones. She was so good. Sister Act, Ghost. I mean, that's freaking, talk about canon. Oh. You know, like, that's like legendary shit. But yeah, now it's like, I think it's just, she got sucked into the TV host uh, circle, which is hard to get out of. And now she's not an actress anymore as much. Well, anymore. we miss you, Whoopi. Um, mm-hmm. Speaking of talking shit. Um, so I feel like we've been talking a lot of, you know, the positives about being single, but let's, let's be clear. There's a downside as well. What about singlehood, in your opinion, can fuck right off? Um, I mean, so much dating. I fucking hate dating. There I you go. hate it. Online dating can... I deleted my apps two years ago, haven't downloaded them since. And it's been the best two years of my adulthood. I delete them. And when I have them, I don't use them, but I just need to delete them and just keep them gone. But then I'm like, I don't know how to meet people, especially LA because LA is trash (laughs) for meeting people. But anyway, dating is really bad. Like, I think what's hard about it for me is I don't, I don't like dating multiple people at once. So when I'm into someone, I'm just into them. And I, it falls apart so easily. And it's, I feel like for some reason, maybe it's the online dating age. The more we've moved into that world, it's become so easy to get ghosted, to have people not like you after one day or like have people be so talk about picky men are picky. They're always looking for the next best thing. And so I think the dating thing is, really 
not, I'm not good at it and I do not enjoy it. (laughs) I like having a crush. I like having a crush. I wanted my ideal to be honest is like either to start dating a friend, (laughs) um, like someone that I'm like all of a sudden one day, like, Oh my God, you know, like we're in love. Like I would love that because I love friendship first, love second, love and friendship together dream. Um, but, or like meet on Twitter or something because Twitter is like where you feel you can get the most of like the sense of someone's sense of humor the most. It's the, I feel like it's the most unfrilled social media. But anyway, online dating, kiss my ass. It's trash. It's not, I just, I'm not, a, I'm not a like, I'm not a look, looks based person. Like have people look at me, decide if I'm worthy. I'm not, I hate that. So yeah. Same. I can't stand it. I don't like, I like to be well, I'm a podcaster. I don't do video anything. I like to be heard and not see. Yeah, <laughs> I hate having my picture taken. I hate like thinking that I have to present some visual that's going to yeah. be an enticement as a woman. Yes. That's kind of what we're trained to, yes. to think that we have to do. Fuck that. I can't stand that. Yeah. I meet all my friends on Twitter. So why can't I meet my yeah. husband on Twitter as well? I think it's a, I think it's a viable option. Yes. Especially have- now that Twitter can go back to bullshit. Yeah. 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 Oh, absolutely. I think, I, I think it's, for me, it's like the most attractive. It makes people look attractive to me. Like when you see a man being really funny, you're smart. I'm like, Ooh, baby. Um, but when I'm like on fucking online dating and there's like four pictures of him and he tries to be funny in some quote, I'm like, I want to die. <laughs> so yeah, there's I really, great, um, Megan the stallion has been doing like these freestyle videos and there's a one line where she's like, he ain't that cute, but he could dress. Yeah. If more men knew that that matters, if you can mm. be funny and put on pants and a shirt that fit. Yeah. I yeah. swear to you. Yeah. Everything will work out for you in your life. I think men's clothes are so good. Like I, I mean, I always say as people are like, you can just do it. You know, I'm like, I wish I could just dress like a man, but I mean, like, I wish that I was, if I was a man, I would dress so well. Like, I just think that men's clothes are so cool. And so when they'd wear like dinky, like that's one thing that I really don't like about this is going to get me. I hope it don't get me in trouble. I hope people still date me after this, but Los Angeles men, no, thank you. (laughs) Their style, (laughs) their style is so bad. It looks like to me, it looks like the last time they bought clothes was in 2009 when they could afford it. And then they moved to LA and they can't dress anymore. I missed opportunities. Missed opportunities. Diane Keaton can do it. So can you. <gasps> yes. You know what? That's right. I should start dressing like Diane Keaton. I love she her She is style. an icon. She is mm-hmm. an absolute style icon and has been one forever. I love, I love what she wears. Yeah. It, that's like, I think Brooklyn men are, I mean, I've, like the last, all of the last men I've found attractive have been New York men. And I'm like, cool. On the other side of the country. No, thank you. Cause I'm, I don't really do long distance, but, um, yeah. I, if they knew how to dress, if they knew how to dress. But yeah, I think, write a funny tweet to just say something remotely tweet. witty every now and then. I don't know. It's truly so that bar is very low for me. Cause yeah, it's like, all you have to do is be funny on Twitter and I'm already like, pretty attracted. You're halfway <laughs> home. You're halfway home. That's, that's, I mean, yes, the men in Brooklyn, I have noticed can dress very well uh, while standing right next to their wives. That's, that's yeah. what I've always, they're well, that's, like. that's what starts to get really old for me is every man that I'm actually attracted to is in a relationship. And that's, yeah, I'm like, that's another thing that starts to get old is you're like, come the fuck on. There has you think to be she like, did it? Do you think that she styled him and that's why he dresses well? Because every time I see a well-dressed man, there is either a woman very close to him or a ring on his finger. 
Well, that's what you, that's one thing is that style can be improved 100%. I mean, my last boyfriend, he was from Canada. He dressed like a <laughs> Canadian suburban dude. And I was like, bro, <laughs> let's fix the hair. Let's fix the <laughs> jeans. Let's talk about shirts. Let's not wear that. And let's do this. And he was like, okay. And then he looked, I think I made him look better. Upgrade. Um, upgrade. I upgraded him. So I think that you can upgrade. You can upgrade looks. You can't upgrade personality. Correct. I don't think. I'm just I mean, trying to find my Josh Lyman. That's that's I don't what know who I would that like. Is. West Wing. Oh, okay, I gotta watch. That. Wait, who was that? The actor or the character? The character. Who? The actor is Bradley Whitford, who is still oh. a snack. He has oh, been yeah. a snack his entire life. It is yeah. so impressive. He's great. He's very cute. Yeah, he's a cute. He's a, a silver foxish, but he's not silver. But you know, he's older. Oh, <laughs> it's oh, it's amazing. God, I haven't laughed about boys in so long. Oh, this has been I a know. treat for me. Yes. Thank you for doing this. This, this has is, been great. It's yeah, nice to laugh it's about things fun. again. <laughs> it's very nice to laugh about things and to really feel it in your chest. <laughs> yes. Oh my God. Well, tell tell everybody where they can follow along with you. I'm going to force them all to follow you on Instagram now, but how else can they follow along with your work and what your, yeah, yeah, everything. Follow me on Instagram, follow me on Twitter. Um, Those are my main, my main drains right now. I mean, I'm everything else I'm doing is like in the process of being done. So it will be a while till you see it, but um, I'm on the show I'm writing on. is called Sherman showcase. I'll probably be in some episodes of that, but we'll be shooting that next year. And so keep an eye out for that. Um, just follow me, follow my stuff and then you'll see where I'm going to be. I think Fabulous. that's the best way to do it. Yeah. I will link to all of it in the show notes so you can awesome. not worry about searching for that. Um, but just in case it's Nicole with two C's. Um, thank you so, so much for joining me. This was a wonderful way to start my week. I really appreciate yes. you taking the time. Thank you so much. Oh, so great. Thank you for having me. This is great. <laughs>